0: Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.
1: Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio. Your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Chad Dotson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 191. I almost at 391. Skipping forward a few years, I'm your host Chad Dotson. With me again is uh, Doug Gray. You may have heard of Doug Gray; he's been on the podcast once or twice before. And surprisingly, I've convinced him to come back again uh, this week. How are you, Doug? Well,
0: uh, you kind of scared me when you started dropping three hundreds in there. I really was wondering what happened to all of the time that I thought I had still. But um, no, uh, things are things are going pretty well. Chad, how are you doing?
1: Oh well, I don't know. I'm I'm losing my mind, I guess, over the all the exciting winter league or winter meetings action. Uh, no way, man. There's not been any action, at least if you're a fan of the Cincinnati Reds.
0: It's not just the Reds. Uh, Their 21 teams de- literally did not make a move that impacted their perceived 25-man roster. So uh, there, there was a lot of weird inaction, a lot of talk, a lot of rumors, but not too much that actually happened at the winter meetings this year.
1: And Reds general manager Dick Williams kind of hinted that that might be the case before the winter meeting started, that you're having some discussions, some things that may lead to something later, but... But nothing happened, and, and I know there's been a lot of angst uh, in uh, among Reds fans on the lack of action. But uh, as you say, it's not just us. So I, I imagine there are a lot of fan bases now that are wondering why are the Cardinals trying to get better and not and not our team? You have an answer for that?
0: They're more prepared to be good in 2018 would be my guess. Um, the, the moves that the Cardinals made, like I, I applaud them. I mean, if if I were a fan of the Cardinals, I'd be I'd be like. Yeah, I I love what they're doing. But, you know, let's take Marcelo Zuna. Outstanding outfielder they got from the Marlins. He's on a two-year contract. A move like that doesn't make a ton of sense for the Reds, given what you'd have to give up to get him. Right. Um, I mean, you know, the the Cardinals didn't give up their their best prospects for him. So that's understandable that, you know, maybe the Reds could swing that in terms of the cost of acquisition. But at the same time, you know, unless everything goes just right for the Reds, Marcelo Zuna is not going to do anything for them realistically, this year, so now you're just banking on a one-year kind of acquisition, um, and and trading off parts of your future that could be useful down the road when you're you're more ready to compete.
1: And you're right, that's the difference. Uh, Dick Williams did say, you know, that we're we're sort of we're, you know we're looking to add where we can, but really next year is the year that we're going to be big-time buyers uh, as as we try to move forward into the period of competitive play that we be we have been we are being promised. On the other hand, there were some serious uh, discussions that evidently happened this week. And let's go ahead and begin with uh, maybe the primary one, which is that the Reds, uh, at one time, early in the week, uh, we got reports that they were uh, in serious, that's the, that's the term that was used, serious trade talks with the San Francisco Giants over one comic book superhero Billy Hamilton. And of course, that nothing uh, nothing has come of that yet. The Various reports have the discussions being hot or cold, depending on who you talk to, and there's a lot of posturing going on, I believe, through the media from both sides. But the Giants clearly need a center fielder. The Reds, you know, they can trade Billy if they get something uh, good back for him. You know, Billy's not a he's not going to be a guy that's uh, untouchable, certainly, unless I'm running the team. But uh, the Reds don't necessarily have a, a, uh, someone to plug into center field just yet, so it would necessitate other moves, which would be fine if the Reds can upgrade center field. Uh, do you have any thoughts about the uh, the possibility that Hamilton may be gone sometime soon?
0: You know, I, I think at this point, I'd be surprised if Billy Hampton were still around in spring training. I, I really would. Uh, it just seems that there's there's too many teams out there that seem to be interested in his skill set um, for the Reds to not take advantage of it, um, play teams off of each other. There's there's clearly interest from several teams. Uh, you know, the Giants didn't contend last year, but it seems like they're they're shooting for contending next year. Uh, you know, the Texas Rangers called on, on Billy Hamilton to kind of gauge some interest. Uh, they, they've got a good quality ball club. They're they're on the market trying to find other guys as well. Uh, again, with Billy Hamilton's contract status and where the Reds are at right now, it, it just seems like it makes too much sense to try and get something done. Uh, as you said, the Reds don't have another center fielder really to plug in right now. You know, I, I, I get comments from fans all the time, well, what about Scott Shevler, what about Philip Irvin, you know. I've seen some people say, you know, put Jose Peraza out there. I don't believe for a second the Reds believe that any of those guys are everyday center fielders defensively.
1: Um, and neither do and, I. I, yeah, don't, I. I don't see it.
0: I, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I think Philip Irvin might be the the best bet there, but you know, again, I'm not I'm not sure that he is an everyday center fielder defensively. Um, you know, Great American Ballpark, small gaps, uh, small center field. You can probably play guys there uh, more so that aren't. Everyday center fielders, but you know they play 81 times on the road too. Um, there, there's some big ballparks that they go to where you, you just wouldn't have an option but to play a, a very below-average defender out there, and with a young pitching staff and an injured pitching staff, um, I, I'm not sure that that's something that really makes too much sense. So I, I think that if the Reds do trade Billy Hamilton, they're definitely going to have to go out and find somebody on the market, uh, whether that's in free agency or on the trade market, to, to come in and play center field. Yeah, I think they need to find it either way, even if they keep Billy Hamilton around, because you know, we've seen that Billy Hamilton has problems staying healthy for a full season. Uh, if he goes down with an injury for a month, do you really want to run you know, a below-average outfielder in, in, in a center field for a month straight? I, I don't think the Reds do. So I, I definitely think that they're going to find a center fielder. Uh, the real question is whether they have to find two.
1: Right. And you know, Hamilton, you know my thoughts about Hamilton. When he's doing the things he does, he's more fun to watch than anyone in baseball. He doesn't do those things often enough due to injury and uh, lack of ability to get on base. I think you look at this team realistically uh, in terms of the offense and going into this off season. if you look at two areas where the Reds really should be looking to, uh, to upgrade the most, I think you would probably say center field and shortstop since uh, Zach Cozart's gone at shortstop now. And so the fact that the Reds are shopping Billy Hamilton – and trying to and hopefully as part of a series of acquisitions that are going to that's going to improve center field uh Christian Yelich please but uh, you know I love Billy Hamilton I, I think it makes sense to trade him if there are teams that are seriously interested in him and there are and you talk about these other outfields that are a little more spacious than you have at Great American Ballpark Billy Hamilton can be a valuable player for a team um, when he's leading off for your team uh, and playing in a, a, a park that's got sort of a smaller outfield, you're probably not maximizing the contributions that he can make based upon his skills. His skills are elite defense, base running uh, when he can get on base. So you got to get him, at the, hit him at the bottom of the lineup. But he, he's got some things that he can do that will help a team, the right team. So I'm not surprised that there is some interest from other clubs uh, for Billy Hamilton, and I think the Reds. Uh, you know, I, I see a lot of people that are complaining that the Reds that haven't traded him, and they going, "Why haven't they traded him yet? Get rid of him!" I'm like, you know, these trade discussions are. I'd like to be a fly on the wall. You know, the Reds have an asset here that there's clearly some interest in. Now we don't know what uh, you know the offers are in return, but there's clearly some interest. You got to sort of trust them to uh, to make a deal and. I'm like you. I think at this point I hate it because I cause I like watching the old guy play it, but I'll uh, have to like him watching him in another uniform. Cause I I don't see him being your starting center fielder on opening day. And, and, and the second part of that question, you identified exactly the, the problems. Scott Schaefer can't handle center field defensively every day. You know, maybe a, a spot start here and there. Uh, I'm not, I'm not on the Philip Irvin uh, bandwagon. I, mean, I, I wouldn't mind having him as a fourth or fifth outfielder to fill in, but. The Reds have to go out somewhere and and get a center fielder, probably. And that's what we would have said even if Billy Hamilton's here. That's an area where the Reds need to improve. So it's going to be really fascinating to see what they do here. Let me go ahead and mention it because uh, this is the perfect time to do it. The Marlins did trade uh, Marcelo Zuna, and there's some discussions that they may be interested in dealing. It goes back and forth. Uh, Depends on, again, who the source is, but now they're looking to deal Christian Yellick. Am I. Am I wrong in saying the Reds really need to – I mean, that ought to be priority number one to me uh, for the rest of the offseason, if that's a possibility of getting Yellick. Five five years of team control, I think. Um, young, 26 years old. What do you think, Bill? Uh, Bill, uh, Doug, am I am – I, <laughs> I'm, I'm losing my mind here. We need <laughs> games to start.
0: <laughs> uh, well, we, we've got about four months until games start. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that if the Marlins are going to put him out there, that absolutely, that, that should be the Reds' top target – I mean, he fills a need that they desperately have. I mean, again, as as good as Billy Hamilton is at what he's good at, he's literally the worst hitter that plays every day in Major League Baseball. Uh, Christian Ellich is not Billy Hamilton defensively. He's not Billy Hamilton on the bases. He's a good base runner. I don't want to take anything away from it. We all see what Billy Hamilton can do. But man, it, the offensive upgrade at of the plate would be so huge. I just think it would it would just change the lineup for the Reds drastically, and you know as you said, five years is just over fifty eight million dollars over those five years. I mean, he's a, he's an absolute bargain. I, he was offensively, basically, a slightly better version of A. Eugenio Suarez last year, but he also plays center field.
1: Yeah, premium I mean, defensive position.
0: I mean, we're talking about a guy who you could put anywhere in the lineup and he would be a difference maker. Um, now, with that said, I, I don't think he would come cheap. Um, we, we've seen that the Marlins got next to nothing for trading Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, they got salary relief, but I mean, realistically, they didn't get back any prospects of note. They took on a big major league contract for the next two years. They didn't get a top 100 caliber prospect for Marcelo Zuna, who you know he he might have, he might be better than than Yelich is right now, but he's only got two years left on his contract. Um, but I, I don't think the Marlins are necessarily in the situation where they need to absolutely trade him. I think that it would probably take a, a significant deal um, to, okay. to bring him in. So, so the Rays need to do
1: it. That's, that's my opinion. This is exactly yeah. the type of player that they need for uh, the next five years that, that, when they're looking to compete. And you know, at some point, you got to pony up, and, and I'm okay with dealing. I mean, I don't want to trade uh, Sinzel. I don't want him to trade uh, Luis, Luis Castillo. But other than that, I'm I'm wide open frankly uh get serious about it dick williams i say yeah I,
0: I i agree um you know i as i said i don't think the reds are going to compete in 2018 but if you get a guy like this you don't need to He he's going to be around for quite a while yeah. i mean he only has one less year of team control than a prospect he would acquire right now so it's not like you're trading for now but not the future um you know i
1: it's both. You're you're, you're, yeah. getting, you're getting now and the future. It's the all best right. of uh, all uh, possible options at a position where the Reds need to upgrade.
0: Exactly. Now let let me throw you out this this trade proposal. This is what I th- I really do think it would take something like this to acquire Christian Yelich. I, I think you'd have to give them one of Tyler Malley or Sal Romano,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: Billy done. Hamilton, done. A guy like Taylor Trammell, done, and a, and a big arm that is in the lower minor leagues. Say you know a guy like Tony Santillon. Or Vladimir Gutierrez. I would do it tomorrow. I, I would too. Um, but I, I I think that you know that that's a significant pill to swallow for a lot of fans, and I, I can understand where they're coming from. Sure. But I I also think that a lot of people underestimate just how good Christian Yelich is and how good that contract
1: is. That's that's real talent you're talking about. If if it's that package that you just talk about those names, that's real talent. You're giving value in exchange for value, but and yes, some people are going to be like, oh, we're giving away the farm. No, you know, the Reds have to get their major league roster in shape. OK, I love Taylor Trammell. I think he can be a good major leaguer someday. But, you know, um, if he can bring value to the major league team, not by playing, but by who uh, a player that he can bring in return. Same with Tyler Malley. You know, I love the guy. I think he's going to be uh, the surprise uh, player of the year for the Reds next year. But you can't. It, all the trades can't be uh, giving away Alfredo Simon to get Eugenio Suarez or Dan Straley to get Luis Castillo. Okay, you gotta give value sometimes, and I think the value the Reds get back puts them in a better position to be competitive going forward than you know hanging on to all those guys. I just I think it's clear it'll hurt. I don't want to lose any of those guys, but you know you, the Marlins have done some dumb things, but they've got an asset here too, and they don't have to take anything cheap. So I don't know if it would take that. I don't have any way to know. Um, it seems like something like that could, could get it done, and I just I don't see any problem with it.
0: Yeah, the way I look at it is it's similar to the Matt Latos trade. Now, the Major League team was in a much better position at the time, uh, you know win-loss-wise, than the current Reds are, but they would be trading from a position of strength, and I, I know that some people are going to say trading a young pitcher like Sal Romano or Tyler Malley right now is not trading from a position of strength. But the Reds have plenty of options at starting pitching right now. You know, they they came out and said yesterday that they've got their four guys locked in for the rotation, assuming they're healthy, with Homer Bailey, Anthony Di Scalfani, Luis Castillo, and Brandon Finnegan. So that leaves guys like Tyler Malley, Sal Romano, Robert Stevenson, Amir Garrett, uh, you know, Jose Lopez, Jackson Stevens, those guys are all fighting for one spot. Now, obviously, health comes into play here, but it's not like the Reds don't have 10 realistic options right now for starting pitcher at some time before June of next year or I guess, this upcoming season. Um, you know, it It's not a position of strength in terms of they're all guaranteed to be really good, but there's a lot of options there for the Reds. You know, if you trade away one of these guys, as long as they don't turn into some superstar Cy Young winner right away, I, I don't see it being an issue where you know you're going to look back and think, "Oh my gosh, what did we do?" Um, you know, when when you trade a guy like Taylor Trammell, you know, one of the best prospects the Reds have, but they've also got a lot of outfielders. <laughs> right now, they've got too many outfielders to even start all of them in the major leagues. They've got outfield depth in the minor leagues. Again, I I think that. You know Taylor Chamuel could be a future all-star, but when you look at it, I mean, is his upside really any different than what Christian Yelich is right now? And I don't think so. and, I, I don't think so. Right,
1: and, and you're getting the there's, guarantee there's, of having Yelich's right. performance right now.
0: Right, there's there's no risk at all involved with Christian Yelich. I mean, yes, he could get hurt, but there's no developmental risk. Like he right. is what he is right now, and I, I just I just it just makes so much sense for me if that package were enough to pull the trigger on it.
1: And it would seem like enough, but again, we don't know what the Marlins are thinking. Uh, you never know what the Marlins are thinking, but uh, that, but that's the type of thing that I'm talking about. I think that proposal you're talking about is what, what the Reds. When when I say they need to be serious about really pursuing uh, him as, uh, as as hard as they can, that's the type of thing I'm talking about. You got to make some tough decisions trading some of those guys. You know, that's that's not it's not fun to send Taylor Trammell or you know Tyler Molly to another organization. Uh, you know. Billy Hamilton in that mix. He's a fan favorite. You know, it's not hard it's not easy. Those aren't easy decisions, but those are the types of decisions that uh Dick Williams is gonna have to make if this team's gonna improve. So I like it. Um I think if they if they could acquire that guy then just about anything else they do in the offseason is a, to me it's a it's a wash. I'll I'll consider it a success. Uh let's talk about the other guy that uh there's been some trade rumors around and that's uh that's one left fielder Adam Duval the Giants were also uh, in discussions as uh, being a team that's interested in Adam Duvall. The Red Sox have been mentioned, the Oakland Athletics, the Atlanta Braves. Uh, so there seems to be a lot of uh, interest in Adam Duvall out there on the market, and, and he's a guy that I think the Reds, uh, you know, I, if, I don't know more than Billy Hamilton, but I think uh, given the depth in the organization, I think that Duvall would probably. Maybe Scooter Jeanette's my number one trade uh, prospect, but. Duvall's right up there. I think the Reds can't go wrong if they if there really is real interest in this guy. Maybe they can get him for a little bit more than he's actually going to be worth to the Reds over the next few years. Does that make sense?
0: It, it's possible. Um, again, you know, just like Billy Hampton, what Adam Duvall does well, which is hitting home runs and playing defense, he does really well. Yeah. But what he doesn't do well, he really doesn't do well. He doesn't hit for batting average. He does not get on base. Those um, those pretty important things, uh, especially for a corner outfielder. And for as good as his defense is, he's still a corner outfielder. So, um, you know, it's one of those situations where the Reds have options there. And, you know, as you said, there's not a lack of teams that seem to be interested in his services. Uh, Now, unlike Billy Hamilton, he does have a much better contract. There's four years left of -hmm. team control for him, which may actually give him more value uh, because the team knows that, you know, we've got him around for not necessarily the long haul, but at least a decent chunk of time. So, uh, you know, he's another guy I I wouldn't be surprised at this point if if they traded him, um, you know, and until things started heating up a little bit more with Billy Hamilton, I thought that Duvall was probably the one that was going to be traded before spring training. But now at this point, I I think it's probably a little bit more likely that Hamilton moves, but I would not be surprised in the slightest if Adam Duvall and Billy Hamilton were both traded in the next, you know, two to three months.
1: Yeah, I agree. A Braves fan was asking me just yesterday, you know, what do you think about uh, Duvall? since the Braves were rumored to be in on it. And I was like, you know, he's fine. He's he's not bad. He's not good, necessarily. He's roughly a league average hitter. He uh, gives you good defense in left field. I mean, uh, he'll hit a few home runs. He's he's fine. He's uh, There's no, I'm, uh, there's nothing objectionable about Adam Duvall at all. On the other hand, he's going to be 30. He doesn't get on base much. He'll be 30 next year. Sometime next year he turns 30. Uh, doesn't get on base a ton. So, I mean, you know... He has flaws as well. So that's my my description of Adam Duvall is, yeah, I like the guy. He's fine. I don't mind having him on my team. I wouldn't mind if they traded him, I guess uh, is the way to put it. I think think he's almost assuredly going to be gone. That's my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think that the Reds want to get Jesse Winker, you know, full playing time. And for whatever reason, and I'm not sure if it's because the Reds aren't as interested in trading Scott Shevler or other teams are just more interested in Adam Duvall, but it it just seems that Duvall is the one of the corner outfielders that, you know, has been more rumored. Um, so, I, I yeah, I, I think that, you know, they're going to try and find a way to get Jesse Winker in there. And if that means, you know, getting what you can get for Adam Duvall, then, yeah you know, yeah, I think that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I just see Duvall and Scooter Jeanette sort of the same situation. I just think they're probably at their peak value. And, uh, you know. The Reds clearly want to get playing time for uh, Jesse Winker, as you said. I think that's that's become ex- exceedingly obvious, and that's good. That's a good sign. And of course, Nick with Nick Senzel on the on the horizon as well. You know, it's a good time to deal Scooter Jeanette if you can get any anyone interested in him. But I just I think you need to be dealing to uh, Devall. I thought I thought that before this past year, and he ended up having a you know a, a decent season. Um, I think now you're just you're even closer to him falling off a cliff. And I try to move him. It was interesting. The Giants, we've talked about them a lot in this podcast. One report was that the uh, they really want to upgrade their outfield, obviously. And uh, Billy Hamilton was in in the mix. Adam Duvall, who was theirs, and they traded him away um, in the Mike Leake trade. And uh, he was one of the guys thinking about, oh, maybe do we want to get him back? And, and they actually kicked the tires on getting bringing Duvall back last year. A report said, and nothing worked out there. But the other guy that they're that they're talking to, that's next on their list or high on their priority list would be one Jay Bruce, who's a free agent right now. So all the, all the Reds and former Reds, uh, I'm not sure why the Giants are trying to emulate the Reds. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The...
0: I don't, maybe they've got a former Reds front office employee in their front office now, and he, just, he likes it. I mean, we saw what happened with Walt Jockety when he came here. It seemed like every year we were bringing in three or four former Cardinals. Well, that's true. And, I don't... and I, I don't want to put that on Walt Jockety. That happens everywhere. when When guys change organizations and they're familiar with their old team, they they bring in guys they know yes, that's the guys they that's know. just how it works so maybe maybe there's somebody in the giants front office that used to work with the reds that just isn't jumping to our mind right now
1: you know my uh my hope for the off season that's becoming more uh, more and more unlikely it appears would be that the reds will go out and get a sort of name pitcher you know not necessarily a number one starter those are hard to come by but a you know some someone that could be up near the top of the rotation for the next few years um, and we've talked about Chris Archer, and we've talked about uh, Marcus Stroman, and whoever else. You know, that's that my sort of my pipe dream, and not didn't see much of uh, anything on that front out of the winter meetings. Uh, maybe a rumor that the Reds were interested in, I think Giovanni Gallardo, which, oh, eesh. but uh, not a lot of movement there. Does that surprise you, or do you expect to see the Reds still try to go out and do something with pitching? I, I feel like they just need they need one more pitcher. I know they got a lot of names. They need one more reliable pitcher
0: i'm torn on this i i don't want to see them waste money or assets on somebody who's not a difference maker if you're not going to get somebody who's a number one or number two starting pitcher i, I would not waste anything on that guy right now I, i'd rather you know see what happens with the health of d scalfani and finnegan i'd rather see what happens in the development of sour robert stevenson tyler malley maybe amir garrett um Rather than you know go out and sign a guy who's going to give you a, a 4.25 ERA and pay him 11 million dollars a year, yeah, sure, sure. You you need 175 innings that you can rely on, but those guys don't really exist. I mean, when you really look at it, how many guys have thrown 180 innings for three straight years? Not many guys. Yeah. Guys just get hurt these days, uh, and there's I mean there's not really a reliable guy out there, and the ones that are, they cost 25 million dollars a year. That's that's not in the Reds' ballpark. So, I, I just I, unless they're going to make a trade because obviously they're not going to sign a free agent right. who's a number one or two. If they're not going to make a trade for a guy who's you know a true difference maker, that that kind of move just doesn't make sense to me. You know, you you mentioned Gallardo. You know, I, I tweeted out when that rumor came out that if he's willing to take two million dollars and absolutely like be willing to pitch out of the bullpen when he gets beat out by everybody else for the rotation, I wouldn't be upset about it. I still think it's a bad move, but I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't care too much. Um, but if you're going to give a guy a contract to be your number five starter when you've got all of these young pitchers and the guy's coming back from injury, it just doesn't make sense
1: to me. No, I agree. I mean, if he's going to be a reliever, I, I won't argue too much. But and, and that when I said reliable, I, I didn't mean to insinuate that I, I think the Reds need to get try to get somebody like they thought they were getting with Scott Feldman last year, uh, an innings eater or you know, sort of a, a league average. Uh, workhorse type. No, they've tried doing that. They don't need that. They've got plenty of other options for those starting spots at this point. You know, uh, Luis Castillo, Homer Bailey, Anthony DeSclafani, Tyler Molly, Robert Stevenson, Cody Reed, Amir Garrett, Sal Romano, Brandon Finnegan, Michael Lorenzen, Rookie Davis. I mean, think of all these guys. We don't need another guy to throw in the mix. We need a guy that can improve the rotation. And that's, that's my hope is if they could go out and get a guy, a number two starter, I don't know who that is. Um, Chris Archer is my dream. I think he fits in nicely, uh, and he's uh, you know still young. Uh, but somebody that you could plug in and improve the rotation immediately like that—that that that type of guy—I feel like gets this team closer to competitive play than any other single acquisition they could make this off-season. Um, I
0: absolutely agree.
1: And so that's that's why I'm, I'm ho- I was hopeful because I want them to compete now. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm getting impatient. But if it's looking towards 2019 and you can't get a guy like a Chris Archer that you know you're going to have for a few years, um yeah, I mean they don't need to, certainly don't don't need to go on the free agent market searching for that guy
0: it, here Here's my thought on on this whole situation, and uh, I think it it also applies to a guy like Christian Yelich, you know Chris Archer, Marcus Roman, guys like that you know when when difference making players like that become available. You can't always just wait around and hope that they're still available or someone like them is still available when you're ready. Because sometimes they're not. You know, And if you're a team that can only acquire those types of players via trade rather than free agency, when they're available and you've got the pieces to get them, sometimes you need to just go get them. You know, if you're in the red situation and you don't think you can compete until 2019 for whatever reason you believe, well, let's just say that you don't think that 2018 is going to be your year whether you get this guy or not, but you're ready to make that move in 2019, and you realize that now. Who's to say that those players or players like them are going to be available for the same price as they are right now? I mean that, that's that's a pretty big gamble. So I, I'm I'm on board with the idea that when somebody like that becomes available, you go get them.
1: I keep mentioning Chris – I agree 100 percent first of all, and I keep mentioning uh, Chris Archer, mentioning Chris Archer. Uh, because that's the type of guy. I don't know if he's available or not. I don't know if Tampa is wanting to deal him or not. And I don't know if the Reds would have the pieces to get him uh, if they were willing to deal. But I just, well, I'll, I'll say this: I, I think the Reds have the pieces to get almost anybody
0: they want. Yeah. Whether whether they're going to be willing to or not is a different story. I, I really do believe, though, that they could make a very quality offer on any player in baseball that's going to be available without including Nick Senzel or Hunter Green.
1: And I think. And I think if you're Using that those that baseline, you know I think you got to be serious in, in in terms of any player you think is going to help the team for the next four years. You got to be serious about going after it. It's time to start dealing some of these guys, um, if necessary. Especially if you're not giving up Sinzel or Green. Um, and frankly, I'd give up Green uh, in the right package. His value is pretty high right now. But uh, but anyway, I just I look at it. I look at Chris Archer and Christian Yelich, and I think at, plug those two guys into the 2018 Reds roster. And that's a team that, are they going to win the World Series? No, probably not. But is it a team that could win 85 games and then be even better the next two, three, four years as these young players continue to mature? It looks an awful lot like a team going in the right direction and a team that with the potential to make a substantial leap, uh, sort of like the, uh, the Twins did. And somebody every year makes a, this leap. The Brewers, you know, last year. It looks like, to, to me, it looks a lot more like a team that can be in the mix in 2018, which is what I want. But it, but it, you know, it, it, those two guys would keep them in in the mix in the next few years. So it's a pipe dream. Those are sort of my if, if I were allowed to you know, click off the uh, the click the tab where uh, all every trade the Reds propose is accepted, and those are the two guys that I could get. I, if it's a video game, I'd go do it. But um, to me that to me that fixes just about every problem you've got. You can even handle Jose Peraza at shortstop if you had the uh, extra offense of removing billy hamilton and replacing him with yellich so and adding Jesse winker and then Nick zell into the lineup oh it just it starts looking good to me
0: yeah yeah uh, yeah you you can definitely dream on on that scenario uh, but unfortunately i think that it might be a dream to put both of those guys into sure. into the reds organization
1: i don't know i don't know i'm dreaming but uh i don't know i I like to think of it in those terms cuz it makes me think oh, yeah we the reds are really not that far away Couple of players here, you know, another player there, and all of a sudden you're looking at a good team.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, if you could get just one of those guys and just not lose three or four starting pitchers to injury for mm. three quarters of the season, I, I really do think that things would look a lot different for the Reds. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm just I'm just not sure that it's going to happen. I mean, I, I I hope that they can stay healthy pitching wise. Um, but you know, when you're talking about trades and specific players it's always unlikely you're going to land that specific player that you're talking
1: about. Right. So, But there's also a player out there that we don't, aren't even thinking of right now that could be in the mix. I mean, you just never know.
0: Yeah, I mean, think about it. At this point last year, was anybody thinking that Luis Castillo was going to be Luis Castillo? Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. Plenty of people liked Luis Castillo and thought he had potential. But, I mean, he was a borderline ace for half of a season last year, too. Yeah. So you, you never really know where you're going to wind up until you're there.
1: I just look at it, though, if they if they don't land any impact player this offseason and we go into 2018 with the same guys, you know, maybe they sign a, a Scott Feldman type, which I fear they're going to do. I don't know. It's going to be really difficult to get anyone's uh, enthusiasm up for the 2018 season.
0: Yeah, if they don't make any moves, I, I just think that they're going to have to uh, as far as fan
1: reaction goes, it's
0: going to be wait and see. I don't think anybody's going to show up excited until the team actually starts performing and playing better. Um, and now you can argue whether or not you know they're going to get too excited if they only bring in one guy, anyways. Um, you know they they didn't win 70 games last year. Right. You could you, you could bring in Mike Trout. And by the way, Dick, if you're listening, bring in Mike Trout, please. Uh, but you know Mike Trout wouldn't make a real difference on this team. I mean, he, he would make a real difference, but. He wouldn't even get him to the playoffs, unless every unless a lot of other things also went right. So,
1: uh, I disagree with you. I think you bring in Mike Trout; he gets the Reds not only to the World Series, but he probably gets him in the Super Bowl as well.
0: I'll give you the Super Bowl. I'm not I'm not willing to, get <laughs> to see the World Series just yet.
1: He's Mike Trout. Yeah, yeah. I mean, got, something's got to give. Uh, you know, I'm as optimistic as anyone about the Reds. I try to stay as optimistic as I can, but. I find myself getting a little bit, uh, you know, disgusted or upset's not the right word, but a little disappointed. I was hoping for some, some movement, something to show me that they're trying to improve the the club. And I know Dick Williams is trying to improve the club. And there's so many things that go on behind the scenes that we don't know about. But uh, I'm just I'm getting I'm getting antsy. I'm re- I'm ready for some moves.
0: Yeah, I definitely don't think you're alone. I if you guys follow me on Twitter, you saw earlier today I tweeted out that. Uh, I'm just seeing different kinds of reactions from people that generally are patient and rational in giving the reds the time that you know to do the rebuild to work on rebuilding and getting where you know the front office says they want to be and they're they're just they're tired of waiting. Yeah. Um they they want to see real differences. They they don't want to wait around anymore. And I, I understand. Uh, I'm 33 years old. The last time the Reds won the World Series, I was six. I remember nothing. Here's what I remember from that: my dad went to the game, and I didn't get to go, and I was upset. <laughs> like, I'm I, I'm a long time adult at this point, and I don't really have any yeah. Reds success that I can really remember in terms of playoffs. So I get it.
1: Um, and especially on the heels of three straight 90 loss seasons. You know, it's just it's getting harder and harder to convince people to stick with the process. Trust the process.
0: And, and you're right. It it really is. And you know, I've I've said it before. I think that if the Reds had been healthy pitching wise, it it would feel a lot different. Yeah. Even though I don't think it would actually be any different. But just the way that it's worked out, it feels so bad. And you you haven't seen the progress, even though I believe there has been progress. You haven't been able to see it, and they're kind of doing what they've done the same thing, the same way they've done it the last two years is we're going to go with the guys we've got in the rotation and hope for the best, and it has not worked out even even the littlest bit yeah. with that play in the last two years, and if they're going to go down that same road, I totally understand the frustration that fans have because – I mean, what what's that old, that old saying – you keep trying the same thing over and over and expecting different results yeah. is the definition of insanity.
1: I, I I get it. Even though you can sort of see, well, they've had some bad luck here and some bad luck there and things, you know. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's time. We're getting we're so deep into this rebuild, and it's just I absolutely understand any fan that is uh, antsy right now and ready to see the Reds make some real moves on the uh, visible moves. They've made, done all kinds of things to improve the organization top to bottom. Uh, you know international scouting. I mean, just uh, they've you know the, the the minor league system is they've stocked it a little more than it was. There's so many things. You know, you know, it's time to it's time to start seeing the things that are on the uh, front page of the newspaper. Um, back you know they used to have newspapers back in the day, and they put like important news at the top of the front page. It's time for that kind of news, I guess. Please now, Dick Williams, please. Wait,
0: what? What? What's a newspaper?
1: Yeah, that's before your time. Oh, okay. Uh... The Rule 5 draft was today. Let's talk about that briefly. There's a little bit of Reds-related news there, but for those that don't understand what the Rule 5 draft is, maybe you can give us a brief primer on that. Well,
0: Without going too deep, if a player has been in the minor league system of any team um, for either four or five years, depending on if they were 18 or not when they signed, uh, and they're not on the 40-man roster, any other team in baseball can select them and keep them on their 25-man roster all year for $100,000 to the team they took them for um it basically it was set up just to keep teams from hoarding talent um in the minor leagues and you know not giving players a chance um that happened this morning teams got to take other teams players uh the Reds actually made a selection they took right-handed pitcher Brad Keller and they immediately traded him to Kansas City for future considerations whether that's going to be cash or a player to be named later we don't know um they didn't make any other moves. They didn't lose any players in the Major League portion of this. They didn't pick any other players. If you remember last year, they took uh, two players. Um, they immediately traded a catcher to San Diego with their first pick, and then they drafted and kept Stuart Turner, uh, who played for about three weeks for all of last season, uh, but was on the 25-man roster all year. Um, this year, they're, they're not going to have somebody that has to stay on their roster all season like Stuart Turner did uh, without going back to their original organization. Uh, that was pretty much the only real move they made during the uh during the winter meetings, so <laughs> technically they made a move, but was it really a move?
1: <laughs> right, they did actually do something but not really so oh well <laughs> you know i don't know i don't know what else to say. I was hoping that we do this uh winter meetings podcast uh, the winter meetings extravaganza We have all kinds of things to talk about, and we have, we have a few things to talk about, but nothing concrete which is disappointing. I guess maybe the only concrete bit of uh quote unquote news is that the uh our buddy uh Brian Price uh Reds manager as you'll recall. He uh had some comments about and you you referred to these earlier, but let's go ahead and dig into that a little bit more. He had some comments where he said, "Yeah, we've got uh we got four guys that are have spots claimed in the in the starting rotation already." And I don't really understand coming out in early December and saying that, but he's, of course, talking, as you mentioned earlier, Luis Castillo, Homer Bailey, Anthony DiSclefani, and Brandon Finnegan. Now, um, if Castillo, Bailey, and DiSclefani are healthy, I think definitely those guys are going to be starters. I think the only only health would keep any of those three. Um, why is Brandon Finnegan on the list? And I like Brandon Finnegan, and I've actually been more uh, optimistic about Finnegan's ability to be a starter long-term than most people have, but... Why, why does he have a spot already handed to him in the rotation? I don't, I don't understand that. Can you explain that, Doug? I'll, I'll do
0: my best. And I, I know our friend Steve Mancuso is not going to be thrilled about what I have to say. He's been very vocal uh, about not feeling that Brandon Finnegan should be handed a rotation spot, and I, I understand his point of view, but I disagree a little bit. Um, Brandon Finnegan has been, he's had basically one full season in Major League Baseball. He, he performed well. Now. You can you can talk about his fielding independent pitching ERA, FIP, uh, X FIP, all all of these advanced metrics say he wasn't as good as his three point nine nine ERA was that season, and I'll agree, his peripherals were not good for the overall season that year, but he was a very different pitcher between the first half and the second half. Uh, if you remember, he picked up a new grip for his changeup in the second half of the season, and his strikeout rate exploded. Um, in in the first half of that year, that was two thousand sixteen. He had a 16% strikeout rate and a 12% walk rate in the first half. That's not good. And neither one of those rates are good. That's a really high walk rate and it's a really low strikeout rate. Uh, in, in the second half, his walk rate dropped to 10% and his strikeout rate jumped up to, I think it was 23%. Now, I'm still walking a few too many guys, but uh, 10% you can get away with just fine. Strikeout rate over 20% for a starter, also fine. Um, so, I. You know, you got a guy who, young, left-handed. Now, personally, I don't care about left-handed, right-handed pitchers. Just get guys out. Um, but plenty of teams do want to have a left-handed pitcher in their rotation um, for whatever reason. Um, and I, I think the Reds and Brian Price are one of those teams that, that are going to lean a little bit more on we want a lefty in there. But we also saw Brandon Finnegan take big steps forward in the second half of his only real full season. Um, you know. ERA in a full season and he pitched better in the second half. Telling a guy like that, hey, you have to come in and compete for a job um, with other guys who haven't gone through a full season and performed nearly as well as you did just because you pulled a muscle in your shoulder last year, you're not going to see too many managers doing that. Uh, You're definitely not going to see small market teams doing that who aren't bringing in high-priced veterans. Um, i I can understand the other point of view for it i I really can, but uh, it it just doesn't work for me um to really say that the Reds are making a mistake with that right now
1: i don't know that it's guaranteed that they are making the mistake and I think that there are you know brandon fitting about twenty two and twenty three years old there with the reds i mean he's he's young and he's had some uh success i don't know that it's necessarily a wrong decision. My question is what's the upside what what's the what 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 reason is there to go ahead and hand him a spot or announce it publicly anyway in december of this year i can't understand the the value in doing that from an organizational perspective um he he may you may think in your head oh, he's probably got an inside track he's young talented left-handed you know I, I i like what i see in him i don't understand based on those other guys have have, have performed they they deserve their you know i'm talking about castillo disclefani and, and homer Finnegan's really not done anything to earn that spot right now. What's the, what's the value in going ahead and just announcing publicly that he has that spot
0: and publicly. I, I don't know. And I, I do like where you put that word in there. Cause I, I think there is a big difference. If you told Brandon Finnegan privately, Hey man, the spot's yours. As long as you don't go out in spring training and put up an area of 10 and look terrible, that's fine. You know, that's, yeah, that's very, that's very different than stating it publicly. Um, now, if you want to say that privately and let these guys know, hey, unless you get hurt or you just get your brains beat in in spring training, the job's yours. That gives those guys, um, especially the non-Luis Castillo guys, the idea that they can go into spring training and do what they need to need to do to get ready for the season, rather than you know the guys that are competing going out and trying to win uh, every at bat, you know, without going out there and working on whatever they feel they need to work on to get ready. The season, um, you know, we've we've got this idea for some strange reason that positions should be decided by spring training baseball, <laughs> and I've I've never understood it. The competition level that you're facing is so different than the guy that's pitching two innings later, or hitting two innings later than the the competition that the other guy faced. It's not funny, especially early in spring training. Uh, you know, veterans go out there and they'll throw fifty fastballs and four breaking balls in a game, and it doesn't matter how they perform so to speak in in the box score. Uh you know, if you're a rookie trying to win the fifth spot, you know, you're going out there and you're throwing everything you've got to get everybody out to show that, hey, I can do this. Right. It's it's very different rules and different ways that everything's set up. Um and and maybe, I mean, publicly, I again I, I don't know that you had to say it publicly, but I understand that the idea of telling these guys, hey, it's your job so that they can go in there and they don't have to go full on right away in you know the first week, two weeks of games, uh, and and risk that re-injury if, if that's even a concern. Um, they can be ready when they're ready. You know they can do what they need to do to get ready for April rather than go out there and try and be ready for February twenty eighth. And I, I think that that might be the reason that they announced it. Uh, but again, as you said, why do you have to announce it publicly? That that's that's kind of the the scenario that I'm sitting at right now.
1: Well, it's just I don't think it's an obviously wrong decision, Brandon Finnegan. There's a pretty good chance that, uh, all things equal, he is going to be one of your top four or five starters coming into spring training. I mean, or coming out into opening day, coming out of spring training. I, I can see that he's talented. You know, we've seen him have success. I just, uh, I just don't understand. I just don't understand the reason you go ahead and preclude that there's going to be a competition for it. Um, Although you know, I mean, I, I, you kind of understand Price. If everybody's healthy, Price may think Finnegan is one of the best pitchers we have. Uh, he, he knows more about pitching than I do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna presume. So um, yeah, it just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to do this. and They've done it before. Just announce these things early, and I just why I don't see the upside to it.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, it, I I wouldn't be surprised if you know, come April first. Or I think the season actually starts in late March this year. Uh, if Brandon Finnegan were not one of the five best starting pitchers, but still has the job, um, it would not surprise me at all. Um, but I, I understand at least telling the players that they're they're safe, so to
1: speak. And there's a long time until opening day, and may get to opening day. and He's not, you know, despite this pronouncement in December. Maybe he's not in the rotation to start the to start the yeah. year. There's no reason I mean, that the Reds have to stick with that, so I think we wait until that time to say that, oh, it's a terrible decision. Let's wait until it actually happens.
0: Yeah, I mean, would, would it really surprise anybody if Sal Romano, Luis Castillo, Tyler Malley, and Robert Stevenson just went out and dominated in spring training? Yeah. I mean, they, they've they all got the stuff to do it. <sighs> right. I mean, <laughs> it, it wouldn't be shocking to see all of them just go in there and just completely just blow away whatever the, the Cactus League, I'm um, yeah. Uh, you're, you're rubbing off on me, Chad. I'm forgetting things now.
1: <laughs> oh, we're losing it, Doug. It might be time to uh, start thinking about wrapping it up. Is there anything else going on around the winter meetings or around baseball that you want to talk about before we wrap it up here?
0: I, I think we covered quite a bit, um, you know, all things uh, considered that there really hasn't been too much movement going on.
1: Yeah, I wish we had more actual uh, news to discuss and actual moves. And uh, hopefully in the next next time we talk here, which I hope will be soon, hopefully we'll have more. More to discuss. This is Red Leg Nation Radio, episode number 191. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. As always, I don't understand why anyone would waste their time listening to us, but I can't thank you enough for doing so. You can find us on iTunes if you haven't subscribed already, uh, wherever you find your podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, just everywhere. You should be able to find Red Leg Nation Radio. I always say, if you like us, tell tell people about us, talk about us. If you don't like us, keep your mouth shut. Uh, Leave us ratings and reviews. And be sure to mention, I'm going to ask you to go leave some reviews at uh, iTunes and wherever else you can leave reviews for podcasts. And make sure you mention how awesome Doug Gray is. That's what I want to read when I see some of these reviews, how awesome Doug Gray is and how awful I am. Well, maybe not that part, but unless you really believe it. Um, Doug, you can find him at RedsMinorLeagues.com every single day and on Twitter at DougDirt24. I'm on Twitter at uh, DotsonC. At RedLegNation is our uh, handle on all social media outlets, and you can find us at RedLegNation.com every single day where we're discussing these old Cincinnati Reds for better or for, as it has been the case more often lately, for better or for worse. Doug, always good talking to you, buddy. Thanks for having me on, Chad. I appreciate it. We'll do it again soon. For Doug Gray, this is Chad Dotson saying, so long, everyone.